0: Think Humanities, a podcast for people who love history, philosophy, culture, literature, civic dialogue, and the arts. Think Humanities, from Kentucky Humanities,
1: where we have been telling Kentucky's stories for 48 years. Here's your host, Bill Goodman. What makes a good novel? One that is enticing, compelling, and has fascinating characters. A book that begs you to love the words and sentences and refuses to let you put it down late into the night. A story so well-crafted, you'll always call it your favorite book forever. A novel like Hannah Coulter. Kentucky Humanities has selected Wendell Berry's Hannah Coulter for its 2020 Kentucky Reads program. The novel will also be at the center of statewide conversations on changes in rural America. Rural Kentucky, including what it means to be part of a rural community. That's another Kentucky Humanities initiative this year called Crossroads, and I'll have more about that in a few minutes. The changes which are taking place in rural America are at the very heart of Hannah Coulter. Kentucky Reads is offering 25 scholar-led discussions of Hannah Coulter to community organizations throughout the Commonwealth. Kentucky Humanities has accumulated an impressive group of scholars who will lead engaging, thought-provoking discussions about the themes of the book. One of those scholars is with me today, Dr. Morris Grubbs, an assistant dean and director of the Office of Graduate Student Professional Enhancement at the University of Kentucky. Before transitioning to administration, he taught literature and writing for 10 years as a professor of English at Lindsey Wilson College in Columbia, Kentucky. He holds a master's in English from Western Kentucky University and a PhD in English from the University of Kentucky. In addition to graduate student development, his research and teaching interests are the history and theory of the short story internationally. He is an editor of Home and Beyond an anthology of Kentucky short stories, and Conversations with Wendell Berry. He is also the writer for our Hannah Coulter Discussion Guide, which is available to book clubs and discussion groups all over the state, and to anyone who would like to have one. All they have to do is just call or write Kentucky Humanities and we'll send you one. Morris, welcome. It's a pleasure to be here, Bill. Thank you. You've written uh, about Wendell Berry, Kentucky has a native son who is one of the most vital writers of the 20th and 21st centuries.
0: Uh, that's, a, that's a bold statement, but I stand behind it. Um, and we in Kentucky must be very proud of that. I mean, he, uh, Wendell Berry has, uh, has been writing now for over 60 years or so, and his work uh, touches the lives of it should really touch the lives of all Kentuckians, in one way or another. But he's gone way beyond the Kentucky audience to really make an impact uh, throughout the world, and uh, and so I first encountered his work uh, when I was in his class actually, and didn't really know anything about his work. This was in 1988 at the University of Kentucky, and I had him in a course called uh, Readings in Agriculture, and. We were, uh, I think there were 10 of us or so, about half were agriculture uh, graduate students and the other half were English graduate students. And so it was a very healthy combination. And he never actually spoke about his own work until the very last day of the class when he came in and gave us a copy of The Unsettling of America. And he said, Here, here's what I've written on what we've been talking about all semester. And that's about all he said uh, about his own work, which I thought was really quite an amazing uh, act of humility. And I, have, and I have always appreciated that. But that sparked my interest in his work, and I uh, followed his writing then, started reading it all voraciously. Uh, and it was really kind of difficult to try to, to read it all because there's so much of it, and certainly there's been a lot more since 1988. Uh, but but his his work, I think, really has made an impact um, and has has been he's been a thought leader in a lot of areas. I mean, he's a cultural critic. Uh, he's a critic of industrial agriculture. He's a major poet. Uh, he He is uh, one of the world's best essayists. Uh, and i when I read his work, especially, uh, the novels and the and the essays and the stories I get so involved with his uh, writing with the writing itself, the sentence to sentence the, the 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 syntax because he's such a master of the sentence that I that I marvel at it sometimes and and lose track of of what he's actually saying because of, of, of the beauty of the sentence itself. Maybe that's a personal thing I'm not sure very many people get so involved with it but he, he is someone to study if you want to be um, a good writer, whether, whether it's fiction or essays or poetry.
1: You also um, asked this question, how did a boy from Henry County, Kentucky, become a classic American writer? And in that description that you gave us a minute ago, I, I, you didn't overlook it, but I don't think you also said with all of this writing that he continues to do, he's also a farmer. Uh, in Henry County, Kentucky. And uh, you've been to his farm many times.
0: Yes, and um, I mean, he's he's authentic in that way in terms of what he writes about. There's so many writers from the past and in the present who write about these topics, but they don't write about it from quite the experience base that Wendell Berry has. I mean, he has all along, uh, since since he and his wife Tanya moved back Kentucky he has kept up a farm um, and and managed to farm full-time as well as write, and for a while uh, do some teaching at the University of Kentucky Uh, but it it, yes I mean his farm uh, has 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 been a wellspring of of his writing and he looks to it and learns from it and um, if You know, he's all, his writing is all about uh, an, the affection for small places, and he's a great defender of the local, a um, great defender of his own place in Henry County, and, and that shows up throughout his writing. I mean, he's been defending not only small uh, traditional farming practices, but also small communities that... That that have thrived because of the farming culture, uh, and so so much of his writing celebrates that and and also laments the loss of of that way of life and that uh, that close connection to the natural world.
1: Well, there's so much of uh, what you just stated and what he has written about in many of his novels and essays and poems, but we're here to to talk about Hannah Coulter, um, written in 2004, and written uh, primarily in a female uh, voice, um, and we'll talk about that, and I'll ask you to comment on that. I was just thinking to myself as you waxed eloquently on on Wendell, who you uh, are a friend of, and 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 you've taught his work and. Uh, i I would love to take that course someday uh, by the way. We should uh, make a a note here that we uh, I'll, I'll have you back soon and we'll talk about uh, everything he's done, his essays, his poetry, his um, his nonfiction uh, work his and and the other works of fiction too, which you can find elements of of in many of his novels. Um, but we're here as I said to talk about our Kentucky Reads selection Hannah Coulter Uh, and you've given uh, I I think you uh, did this as as sort of a subtitle to Hannah Coulter Um, you call the novel Hannah Coulter a love story why?
0: Um, I I I thought that was very appropriate because it's really a novel about uh, the love of a place. Uh, The novel Evokes the you know the, the title subtitle the love a love story invokes a romance between two people usually, but that's not really what I had in mind. Although there certainly is uh, a strong romance between uh, Virgil and Hannah, and, and then Nathan and Hannah, but and and that's certainly a large part of the story. But the story really is uh, in the end about. The love that Hannah has for uh, Port William and all of its membership and so to really to fully appreciate the the novel, you can certainly appreciate it uh, by itself, but so it, it's part of a cycle of work. Uh, all the novels are are set in Port William in and around Port William, which is the fictional counterpart of. Wendell Berry's own home community in Henry County, Kentucky, but really to 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 know what he means about um, you know the the a small place and the value of a small place, you almost have to look at some of the other passages from other novels. And if you'll indulge me just for a moment, um, I'll read a passage from Jaber Crow that really does sum up, I think, uh, what Wendell Berry often means by a small place. This is chapter 13, A Period of Darkness, it's called, from Jaber Crow. You would need to draw a very big map of the world in order to make Port William visible upon it. In the actual scale of a state highway map, Port William would be smaller than the dot that locates it. In the eyes of the powers that be, we Port Williamites live and move and have our being within a black period about the size of the one that ends a sentence. It would be a considerable overstatement to say that before making their decisions, the leaders of the world do not consult the citizens of Port William. Thousands of leaders of our state and nation, entire administrations, corporate board meetings, university sessions, synods and councils of the church have come and gone without hearing or pronouncing the name Port William. And how many such invisible, nameless, powerless little places are there in this world? All the world, as a matter of fact, is a mosaic of little places invisible to the powers that be. And in the eyes of the powers that be, all these invisible places do not add up to a visible place. They add up to words and numbers. So that, I think, that's such a beautiful passage that I always have in mind when I encounter any passage in any novel or short story by Wendell Berry about Port William and the Port William membership. And I go back to it to make full sense of uh, all of his arguments about uh, how rural places are, are so overlooked and misunderstood by... Uh, the the larger wider world, uh, in, in including the journalists, uh, the politicians, um, and sometimes just the general public who do not or, uh, um, or may not have any connection to rural places.
1: So, you mentioned, uh, if I might ask for a, a definition, uh, because it's brought up in the uh, the novel and maybe in in more of his novels. You remember. You mentioned membership, the Port William membership, which is, um, I don't know. You, you you might tell me. I don't know if that's colloquial or is it something that, that Wendell came up with? Uh, both of us are, are rural uh, Kentucky natives. Uh, I don't remember ever referring to our community as a membership. So why, why did Wendell choose that word?
0: Yeah, I don't. I, it's not a word that I grew up with, certainly. I, I, can't, I come from a rural place in southern Kentucky, uh, from a small farming uh, family. We never used the word membership in this way. Uh, but I think it's very apt because it suggests that there are obligations. I mean, if you are a member of a community, there are obligations that you have to one another uh, and expectations. Uh, and I I think those are understood in a a place like Port William Um, and and those obligations and expectations are sort of played out in so much of the the fiction.
1: Tell us about Hannah Coulter, the protagonist, the the lead character in uh, the name of the novel, Hannah Coulter.
0: Yeah, well, she grew up in, in in one of the most rural places, uh, Shagbark. One of the most rural places in the, uh, the 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 novel, or the setting of the novel, and moves on to uh, Hargrave, which is the county seat, and then moves on to Port William, uh, and lives out the rest of her life. I mean, she in the novel is when when the novel. Uh, it occurs, I guess, in the present. She is 80 years old or so, and so she's looking back over her life. Um, but the way that she tells it, and in the order, in the order she tells it, uh, is it's it's quite remarkable. And it, she's quite a storyteller herself. And so she is at times imagining that she's telling it to Andy Catlett, um, and that is a resonant theme throughout the novel. Andy, Catlett, some readers, most readers actually, if they know the work uh, on the larger scale uh, of Wendell Berry's work, they they know that Andy represents Wendell Berry himself. And so Hannah is imagining telling it to uh, a character that has been away and gone to college and come back and Andy himself has, has sort of been a collector of stories about the membership and of the membership, and also, like Hannah, loves the membership, um, uh, past and present. And, um, and so uh, she finds you know, very appealing, interesting ways of telling the, the story to Andy.
1: Is there, so there's no doubt in your mind that... Andy Catlett is based on, and Wendell wrote him to be based on himself.
0: Uh, I have never asked him that, uh, and I probably wouldn't. But but I think there's enough um, there, there, there's en- there's enough parallels to to be pretty confident that yes, Andy represents Wendell himself.
1: And uh, have you ever asked Wendell? about the voice of uh, and writing uh, as Hannah Coulter?
0: I haven't asked him that either uh, directly. I, I, I mean, I think it, it was very bold to, to try this, you know, because you don't know which way it's going to go and how readers are going to react. But I think he he seems to do a very good job. I mean, he, he had feedback, I'm sure, along the way from, from his wife, Tanya, and probably from his daughter. Uh, so they were kind of guiding him at times, but he 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 seems to be able. I mean, a good writer is going to be able to to truly uh, empathize with various perspectives, and uh, I think I think he pulls it off very well here.
1: As I mentioned, um, uh, Morris and and our staff uh, here at Kentucky Humanities uh, have put together a, a discussion guide for Hannah Coulter. Uh, and I must say it's excellent it's it, it just so well done and uh, the printing of it uh, is is wonderful. It's not a fancy piece. Uh, it, it's a discussion guide and uh, but I, I would like for everyone to have one at some point in time. Um, one of the questions though that that are uh, that is in the uh, discussion guide, uh, whether you wrote it or one of our staff did I, that, that doesn't make a difference. It's just uh, struck me as, as a, a very key part uh, of it. The question is, what tone is set by the novel's opening line, which um, I'm going to read, uh, and is extraordinary in its uh, own self. It, I think it speaks directly to what you were talking about, his uh, ability, um, his uh, reverence for a sentence and, and words, uh, the the sentence uh, is, I picked him up in my arms and I carried him home. So we know uh, by reading further uh, who he's talking about and and who is who is the first person. But you you tell me what kind of tone that line uh, gives the rest of the novel.
0: Uh, I, I did write that question and I don't have a I don't have a satisfying answer necessarily, but. But I think uh, it suggests, you know, the central theme of the novel, and that is just a uh, just a tremendous love at the core between people. I mean, t- to have that kind of embrace um, and that kind of uh, you know folding of the arms uh, with that character really. Really is a it's a symbolic scene, I think that really suggests how close the characters truly are uh, in Port William, um, not just within a family but you know a, a, across families. Uh, these people go through uh, all of these experiences together, including war and experiencing the loss of of uh, their own and they are intimately connected and their lives are bound together and they 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 suffer and they celebrate together so i think that that uh, image of uh, of nathan picking up his grandfather and carrying him home in his arms captures that
1: mars how is the tone set in that first sentence in the novel and how the the tone that is set uh, contributes to what the themes are that, that are throughout the novel?
0: Well, one of the big themes is is just endurance and perseverance and uh, a phrase that gets repeated is, is living right on, just living right on in the presence of loss and grief. So I, I think, we're seeing that in that first line. I mean, he, he's, he, he's, he's carrying him forward. He's carrying him home, even though we're going to learn that he has died. So, so that's that's one of the themes. I mean, there, there, there's, um, you know, the dissolving of the boundaries between the present and the past and the living and the dead. In Wendell Berry's work, that's a, that's a huge central theme of of the past being very much alive in the present. Um, there's, as I mentioned earlier, the, the local reverberations of, of, a, of a very distant war, but it's very, very present and consequential uh, at home. And, um, and, and ultimately in the novel, the, the, the novel, when it comes up more into the present and we learn about the, the, the children uh, of Hannah, well, uh, of Virgil and Hannah and then Nathan and Hannah, but the children have moved away, and part of what we discover and what Hannah and Nathan ultimately discover is that the educational system that, that their children have, have uh, come in contact with has uprooted them uh, ultimately, and, and higher education in particular has drawn them away from home. Um, and so it's an uprooting force. Uh, Wendell Berry calls it elsewhere in, in his essays a, a, a displacing educational system. Uh, I'm looking, for example, at an essay titled Starting from Loss. He says our educational system has educated least of all for settlement or for what West Jackson has called homecoming, Often explicitly, almost by implication, the theme of education in Kentucky has been, quote, you don't just want to be a, a farmer, do you? Or you can't amount to anything by staying here. Uh, there has never been much likelihood that a student in Kentucky schools from grade one through college would learn anything of local history or local geography or local biology and ecology. The idea of growing up to a life's work on a family farm or in a family profession or a trade in a hometown might come from your family or a friend, you were not very likely to learn it at school. So I, I, I think, and Hannah says this, one of the things that they, she and Nathan learned from their, their children's education was that it led them away from home.
1: I'm talking with Dr. Morris Grubbs, who uh, is an assistant dean and director of the Office of Graduate Student Professional Enhancement at the University of Kentucky. A a teacher, uh, a scholar of Wendell Berry's work, uh, also an editor of his own work. Um, He, uh, Morris, is our uh, editor, writer, author for our discussion guide for our Kentucky Read Selection for 2020, uh, Wendell Berry's uh, Hannah Coulter. And I mentioned, uh, Morris, uh, earlier about um, a program that that I called uh, Crossroads, or at least I mentioned that I would tell you a little bit more about Crossroads. Uh, Those are Smithsonian-style museum on Main Street uh, is the name of the program, uh, exhibits and displays that we will put in seven uh, different uh, Kentucky locations, rural Kentucky locations over the next uh, year and a half or so, 20 and uh, 21. Um, Hannah Coulter really is at the center of of our statewide conversation in Kentucky Reads uh, on how uh, rural America, rural Kentucky is changing and what it means to be a part of a a rural community. As I mentioned, the the Smithsonian's Museum on Main Street comes all the way from Washington to these uh, locations which are listed on our website. Uh, again, uh, exploring uh, what it really means to be rural today and uh, the rural-urban divide. Um, and I hope you'll look at uh, our website, kyhumanities.org uh, and read more about Crossroads. Uh, if they're not in your community, they'll be in a community near you, and we hope you'll travel and uh, and take part in Crossroads. So uh, to, to further examine that part of how we chose Hannah Coulter and how it really is uh, very much in, in rhythm with uh, what uh, our Crossroads uh, exhibition is going to be looking at. How does Wendell help us understand rural communities uh, more deeply um, uh, by, by introducing us to uh, the characters, uh, the residents, the membership of, of Port William? Hannah
0: says in the novel that members of Port William aren't trying to get someplace. They think they are someplace. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's one of the things that makes Andy Catlett uh, as a character stand out because he made a deliberate choice to come back after he had been away uh, getting his higher education and traveling, and and um, he, he comes back and makes that choice. Um and it's, it's, it's a betrothal that way. So one of the uh, tropes, I guess, throughout the work is, is marriage. And it's not necessarily, again, like the love story of the subtitle. It's not necessarily between a marriage between two people. It's a marriage to place. It's a commitment to place. Uh, and it's fidelity, in, in a lot of ways, to place. Um, and so there's another passage where Hannah says that um, most people now are looking for a better place, which means that a lot of them will end up in a worse one. Uh, So there's a theme throughout the novel, and it culminates toward the end uh, of uh, really the, the... the big story one of the big stories of the 20th century and and continues into the 21st is the uh, the gutting in a lot of ways of rural places Uh, just the tremendous loss of uh, of young people uh, moving away because they don't see other possibilities of staying at home and i'm a part of the higher education system and so I I do see that we're not doing a very good job at helping our students imagine that they can go home and make a living. I mean, those that do are going into professions such as uh, medicine and uh, nursing, pharmacy, and so forth, and they can imagine a place at home. But there's so many other majors that don't really lend themselves, or they haven't traditionally. And a large part of it is just uh, figuring out how to help uh, students imagine that they can do that. One of the uh, themes near the end of the novel, uh, Hannah asks, she's worried quite a bit about whether or not she and Nathan told their children the right stories. Nathan, her husband. Exactly. Uh, Did they tell the (laughs) stories of their lives growing up, in Port William. Did they tell those stories in such a way that it would help their own children imagine that they could come home and be happy? Uh, she, she worries that they didn't quite do that and that that might have been one of the reasons that ultimately they were led away from home and haven't returned. Of course there's hope in the end of this novel uh, through a grandchild and I won't I won't to spoil it.
1: Well, we'll talk about the very end, but this, uh, the theme that we're emphasizing uh, throughout uh, 2020 and 2021 in our Crossroads exhibit is also addressed uh, in several passages, uh, and, and they're not all spoken by, by Hannah. Uh, let me read just a couple uh, when it is said that, uh, but the cities are overflowing and stepping toward us too. Mr. Feltner, who again is one of the the characters, uh, Hannah's father-in-law, correct? Mm -hmm. Uh, Mr. Feltner used to say in his last years, you see those little hillsides of mine? Someday they'll be covered up with little huts. Maybe so, or maybe all of our work and care will be bulldozed away to make room for something fancier, for Port William Estates or Sand Ripple Park or Sandhurst or the Meadows. So Wendell, uh, in writing this, is already forecasting that that rural uh, Port Royal uh, and Henry County uh, is going to change. Another reference uh, is just a a couple of, uh, a few pages uh, later to say, um, they come back varyingly often and I I remain attached to them by love entirely and partly by continuing knowledge, but the old ties to be plain about it are mostly broken. We live in different places, lead lives that are different, have different hopes and thoughts, know different things. We don't talk alike anymore. So again, that's that's a, a, a real theme, I think, that struck me uh, throughout uh, the entire novel. Change, and not necessarily for the good. Uh, and then, of course, the conclusion that we find uh, that. Uh, A lot of people have moved away and not come back. Some have, but most have not.
0: Uh, And and there's a real estate agent who has visions of uh, developing the land. And if if you know if you imagine that Port William is verging on becoming sort of a suburb of Louisville, uh, you you see that maybe the vision of the huts are or or uh, apartment complexes might not be too far away. Might not be too off off the the, the base of possibilities.
1: Morris, uh, you, you mentioned the the end of the novel, uh, which uh, I, I found uh, is unfolds in rapid pace. Um, and there's quite a bit, uh, I, I'm going to say, in the second half of the novel, if not the last quarter, of uh, a lot of emotion, mm-hmm. uh, a, lot of, um, a lot of heartfelt, a lot of tears, a lot, a lot of deep uh, thoughts that aren't always pleasant, some unfortunate uh, occurrences. Um, and then if, if there's a lead up to, but, but then the, the, the final, and, and it is a chapter, but it's only two paragraphs and that is uh, entitled uh, Given, uh, and you or someone else has has written uh, or described it as dreamlike. So tell us about Given, chapter 24.
0: Uh, it, it, it's almost, uh, a, it, I would call it a poem. It's a prose poem in a lot of ways. Uh, it's, it's in present tense, whereas much of the novel... Uh, has been uh, in the past tense. Um, It has a beautiful opening line, I am standing at the gate.
1: Why don't you read the rest of it to us?
0: Sure. I am standing at the gate. Nathan has been salting the cattle down at the edge of the woods below the spring. Now he is walking back up the hill toward the house, toward me. He is walking in his thoughtful way with the salt bucket on his arm, looking around. He is whistling, as I know, over and over a piece of some old tune that will have the rhythm both of itself and of his breath. I am watching him, but he has not yet seen me. And now he sees me. The expression on his face does not change, but now his intention has changed. He is walking toward me and nothing else. As he comes closer, he smiles a little, still whistling. I know that when he comes to where I am, he will give me a hug, and I want him to. I know it is going to feel, how it is going to feel, the entire touch of him. He looks at me with a look I know. The shiver of the altogether given passes over me from head to foot. Beautiful passage, beautiful ending. I mean, it, uh, you mentioned heartfelt. That's truly what it is. I mean, it's a very heartfelt passage. Uh, in, in many ways, you can see it going back to the very beginning with that opening line. I picked him up. There's an embrace there in the very beginning of the novel. Uh, there's an embrace here. Uh, you know, I know how it is going to feel, the entire touch of him. The, I think there's a lot of mystery here, and, and you can't really come to any conclusion, I don't think, about what it truly means. It just suggests things, and I think one of the things that it suggests is that this this is a dream that Hannah's having. She is nearing the very end of her life. Um, is the gate something else? I mean, is this a gate that she's Im- imagining as the gate of, of heaven? Um, I don't know it's certainly a possibility. so I, I I think it just raises a lot of interesting kinds of questions that the, the novel itself has raised and it doesn't necessarily bring anything to conclusion, but it it opens up a lot of possibilities for further appreciating the novel this this um, thought this word given I think is central to much of Wendell Berry's work. I mean, he has a whole collection of poems titled Given. And if you think about what that means, in one sense of the word, you're giving of yourself to, uh, to, to this membership, to these people, totally. And that's what Hannah has done. She's, she has given her life, as, as they all have done, to this place and to one another. And that that's that's a very beautiful uh, word, I think, that sums up so much of the novel.
1: You know, you would probably be able to recall. Um, I can't um, classics, um, best-selling novels, uh, sagas, family stories. That would be triple the number of pages that uh, that Wendell has taken to write. Uh, One hundred eighty-six pages. Mm-hmm. Um, to write uh, one of the most complete family uh, I use sagas uh, that you can probably find in 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 literature. Um, what would you say to people who, in closing, who haven't read Wendell Berry, uh, who uh, want to join in uh, our discussions, whether they're they're talking, uh, they do this in a book club. Whether they were fortunate enough, uh, uh, and I will say apologetically, unfortunately, um, we we are having between 25 and 30 discussions all across the state. I wish we could, I wish we could have a hundred. Uh, we 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 just could not uh, secure the funding to do all of those. Um, some groups will be five, uh, other groups will be 25. If you find one, I promise you, you will not be uh, locked out in the hallway of a library, or church, or or. Uh, someone's home to discuss this but what would you say to someone uh, who hasn't read this this work either any of his work or Hannah Coulter uh, about uh, the importance of, of Wendell Berry in reading his his this novel or, or any novel and, and uh, the, the lasting impact it has on one uh, deep inside
0: I think uh, when when I read his work I think of community always and the value of Community and that community n- need not necessarily be a rural place. Uh, one of the criticisms of, of his work by some people is that, you know, his, he's writing about a nostalgic past, uh, uh, and that kind of life is no more. It's been uh, replaced by a more modern way. Well, yes, that's that's true, but he's also uh, giving us models for for how we can live. And interact with one another uh, in community. I think that's that's sort of the larger theme, the larger value of his work, is that he's showing us how best to interact with one another, and what we can uh, e- expect of one another, how how we can uh, help one another. Uh, all of those kinds of themes are throughout his work. But I, but I think uh, community is is key. You know, we, if to truly uh, understand his work. I think it's good to go and read some of his early essays where he writes about his own uh, childhood and his his boyhood uh, and leaving Kentucky and deciding to come back to Kentucky and and uh, how he eventually wedded himself, he and his wife wedded themselves to to uh, Port Royal, Kentucky. There's, there's one passage in a key autobiographical essay called A Native Hill that's, uh, that's really quite well stated. He says, uh, He says, When I have thought of the welfare of the earth, the problems of its health and, and preservation, the care of its life, I have had this place before me, the part representing the whole more vividly and accurately making clearer and more pressing demands than any idea of the whole. When I've thought of kindness or cruelty, weariness or exuberance, devotion or betrayal, carelessness or care, doggedness or awkwardness or grace, I've had in my mind's eye, the men and women of this place, their faces and gestures and movements. It seems to me that because of this, I have a more immediate feeling for uh, abstract principles than many of my contemporaries. The values of principles are more vivid to me. Um, so I think that's that's what makes him such a powerful writer is that he is immersed in a local place that he loves, but that he also, uh, Knows is very painful in a lot of ways because it comes with uh, know the knowledge that the people that you love dearly are going to pass on. Uh, but yet you go on and you find ways to endure. Um, and I, th- I think he's become such a great writer because he's he's had such a laser focus on a small place. And there's so much that a small place can teach you that most of us just overlook. We take it for granted or we try to escape it. And we try to move toward uh, other places and pursue upward mobility and so forth. And we lose sight of the uh, true value of of what we may have left behind.
1: Mars Grubbs, thank you so much for being here. Uh, Thank you for the work that you did, uh, um, that you have always done, uh, talking about and and teaching Wendell Berry but uh, our discussion guide uh, is uh, so well put together and we look forward to attending uh, many of these conversations. I I think it'll be uh, great uh, interest and fun to to go and to hear you and to hear other scholars and their interpretations and to hear what people have to say too about uh, how this novel Hannah Coulter impacts them. Uh, We appreciate you being here.
0: It's been a pleasure, and I look forward to the book discussions. Think Humanities is a podcast from Kentucky Humanities, where we have been telling
1: Kentucky stories for 48 years. Think Humanities is available at kyhumanities.org, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Join
0: us next week for a new episode of Think Humanities.